Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Episode 125, Numbers, Chapter 11. Well, welcome to Daily Devotion. I'm your host, Cynthia Martin. My goal is to read one chapter of the Bible a day and comment and pray the application of those truths to our lives in 15 minutes or less. If you can hear in the background, I do have my timer going because I do tend to go on sometimes. So let's go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us as we read the word. Father, we invite you into our time today. Lord, we ask you that you would open our eyes and our ears and our spirits to hear what you would say to us. Help us to apply. Help us to be able to uh, assimilate what you're saying to us today. Help us to be able to apply it in our lives. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're in Numbers chapter 11. Now the people, I'm reading out of the NIV. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down so that the place was called Tabereth because the fire from the Lord had burned among them. Verse 4, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But we now have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. The manna was like coriander seed and looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar and they cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves and it tasted something like made with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance of their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you? that you have put a burden of all these people on me. Did I not conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on an oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all the people? They keep wailing to me. Give me meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. And if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes, do not let me face my own ruin. Verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 elders who are known to you as the leaders and officials among the people. Have them come and to the tent of the meeting and may they stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there and will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in the preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. 
Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will eat it, and you will not eat it for just one day, or two days, or five, or ten, or twenty days, but for a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe in it. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him, saying, "What did we? Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, Here I am among 600,000 men on foot, and you say I will give them meat to eat for a whole month? Would they have enough if the flocks and the herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? And the Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not I will say what I will say is true for you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. When the Lord came down in the cloud and spake with him, and he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, the two men whose names were Elad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in their camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Elad and Medad are prophesying in their camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then, the Mos then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea, and it scattered them up to two cubits deep around the camp, and as far as a day's walk in any direction. All that day and night and all the next day the people went out and gathered the quail, and no one gathered less than ten homers. Then they spread them all out around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. Therefore the place is named Kilbroth, Havata, because there they buried the people who had craved other food. From Kilbroth to Vata, the people traveled to Hezroth and stayed there. Well, this is an interesting interesting chapter, and there's just a few things that I mean. There's so much here that you can you could we could look at, but I want to also point out that chapter 11. This is in no way chronological. It's not like one thing happened after the other. I think I mentioned that yesterday and a couple of days prior. That chapter 11 up through about 19, there's just events that are listed while they're in the desert. And they're not in any kind of chronological chronological order. The first part I want to mention is that people were complaining and fire came and burned up the people around the, the outskirts of the camp. And, you know, uh, some of the commentary that I read talked about, um, you know, were they what were it doesn't really say what they were complaining about. But it's assumed that they were concerned about their safety because they were on the outskirts. You know, we. And then also here, I'm going to, before I make a comment about that, I want to bring this part about the quail. Because, you know, they, they complained about the manna. Apparently, this manna had everything in it that they would need to be healthy. But they didn't like the taste. They wanted something else. They longed for their old life. Now, they've forgotten the, you know, being treated as a slave and beaten and pressed down and oppressed. But now they were 
thinking about all the food that was there. And isn't that right? We start thinking about our physical comforts. I don't know how slavery could not be against a physical comfort, but we start thinking about what will satisfy our flesh when we're in the places and we want what we had rather than looking forward. And we still want to hang on to the old and we don't want to move into the to the new. So these people starts wailing about the food. And so God says, okay, you know what? You want you want other food? I'm going to give you other food. And then, you know, then, then they have the, excuse me, but the audacity to say, well, you can't do that. And, you know, we need to be very careful when we assume that God can't do what he says he's going to do, right? We also need to be careful, even though it doesn't make any sense. There's one line there said, well, is there enough fish in the sea? I mean, this is thousands of years ago, right? And we've since then fished out many more fish than what would have fed the people. I think, what is there, six million people here? So, you know, our thinking is so limited and we can't see beyond what we can see. And um, we need to realize that God sees more. He knows more. He has resources that we will never understand. And I love this, this, uh, what the Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? And so he says, now you're going to see what I can do. And it goes on and it says, the people were upset because there was people uh, prophesying and Moses response I believe is correct well he wished everybody would prophesy right and so you know when we get jealous because other people are expressing gifts and moving into um, God's keep uh, kingdom in a deeper way and we want everybody to stay in line right and only let the certain few but even here even though as Moses was tired and he was really kind of complaining about the Israelites he was very much a reluctant leader that's for sure God had to keep you know giving him what he needed to keep keep going on but he took those other men and gave him parts of his spirit you know i think we need to be careful when we're concerned about other people getting giftings that we have it thinks it makes it look us think that or we tend to think that it makes us less but there is more of god's spirit than what we could ever contain and i want to finish and i know i'm running out of time here but i do want to tell a story um, today, it's a story that uh, my husband has told me several times, and it, and it re leads really true in my life that I remember the story over and over again. Uh, sometime he lived in Germany for some time, and um, and I don't know why, how this came out when he was in Germany, but he heard someone saying they wanted something, and they wanted it, they wanted it, they wanted it really bad. And um, his response back has been, well, you know, if you want it really bad, God will give it to you really bad. And I know that may not be theologically correct, but it, it works for this uh, instance. In this case, these people were crying out, I want better food. I don't like this. I want something else. It was better before. And, you know, they cried out and, and um, God heard them and he gave them something that they really wanted. They wanted it really bad. So they got it really bad. They got quail beyond what they ever bargained for. And when they questioned whether God could do it, he uh, overwhelmed them with quail and so the quail just kept coming and coming and coming and you know not one day not one day not one week for over a month that they just had it everywhere so I think we need to be careful what we cry out and ask God for is what my point is out of that story because when we cry out sometimes God gives us our way and um, just quickly I was thinking of when the people of Israel later you know in their history which we'll go through as we go through um, they cried out for a king. God didn't want them to have a king, but they cried out for a king and he gave them a king because they wanted it. And so sometimes God gives us things even though even though he had a better way.
And so we need to be really careful when we cry out and we ask God for something or when we're complaining about something or we think God can't do it. You know, they're out and they're like, if we kill all of our, our sheep where there's not going to be enough meat, like you say, there's going to be, it just can't happen. So we need to be really careful when we say this can't happen because God has resources that we don't know of. So let's go ahead and pray about that today. Father, we thank you. Uh, that you have resources that we don't know about. Lord, you have strategies that we don't know about. And thank you, Father, for building our faith today, that even though we can't see it, you can still perform it. Thank you that you are a God that we don't know everything about you, that we know what you're going to do and what you're going to say and where your supplies are and how much there are and when they're depleted. That, Father, you are never depleted. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we ask that you would remind us when we're crying out and complaining about our old life or complaining about something that we want, that we don't check, help us to check ourselves to make sure it's in line with what you would have for us so that we're not caught in a place that you're giving us something that is less than what you wanted for us. And so, Father, we love you and we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you for listening today. I'm Cynthia, and you can find out more about me at realliferevised.com. I invite you to go to the website and get on the email list. We'll be discussing next time um, Numbers chapter 12. And until then, may you be filled to overflowing. May you be filled with his presence, his peace, his protection, and his purposes. Come on now. And as you commit yourself to know him through daily devotion. Have a blessed day. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.